Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. In this week's Big Tech Show, we talk to the Dublin startup that wants to help big companies stop making stupid, embarrassing mistakes with their AI, such as telling people to eat rocks as part of a healthy diet. Basic definition of hallucination is say, stating something very confidently, but in fact, it's factually incorrect. This AI technology is very good at stating something very confident, mimicking human level confidence, but then they could be factually incorrect. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. You haven't an idea until it gets underway. For those who are not here, paint as good a picture as you a, can. A, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. A grain of rice. I just, I just, because I love this county so much, you know. And that's it. It is all over. It is just not meant to be. Hello and welcome to the Throw-In Independent.ie's GAA podcast. I'm Will Slattery here to discuss an exciting opening weekend of Allianz Hurling League action. The Pat Gilroy era got off to a disappointing start against Offaly. The Wexford bandwagon rolled on in Waterford. And is Brian Cody under a bit of pressure after an opening defeat to Cork? Waterford legend John Milan will be joining me in just a moment to recap round one. But first, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Martin Bretney of the Irish Independent and Conor McKeown of the Herald. Martin, we'll start off with the Division 1 opener on Saturday night, Kilkenny versus Cork down in Porky Cueve. Cork ended up winning by three points. The early goal proved decisive in the end, but I was a bit interested to see an article in today's Irish Independent from Eamon Sweeney that you know maybe Brian Cody's under a bit of pressure and it's time for him to step aside because although they did have a tough season last year, I actually thought there was a lot of encouraging signs uh, on Saturday night with some of the younger players in particular. I thought having good games. What do you make of this kind of commentary about Brian Cody? Well, I disagree one hundred percent with it. That's that's what I think. Really, I think of all the time now is Kilkenny need Brian Cody most of all. I mean, he's generally regarded as the best hurling manager of all time. And if he was managing during the good times when they were really when they were going well, that's the, now they need him more than ever. And just to put some context and perspective into it, this was the first round of the league. Kilkenny uh, lost to Cork, the Munster champions in Cork. So what's what's the, what's the issue here? I mean, if if this if this were a new manager, or if, we'll say if somebody come in last year, and he was now in his second season, no, I don't think anybody would be saying that his time was up. Is it because Cody is there so long? I was like, I I just can't see any logic whatsoever on that. Most of all, they need him now. The experience, the the everything that he's that he's brought to Kenny and brought to Hurling, they need him now because they're in in a, a transition phase, I suppose, and he, they don't have the material that they had through the great years for the simple reason that nobody ever had that. So they've got to deal with it from. He's got to deal from a different hand now, but he is the man to deal with the, from, from that hand, and I think uh, uh, time will show that. The idea that. If he walked away, or if he if, if he left, if he left now, the chance of him leaving in mid-season are about the same as my chances of taking over from him. But <laughs> like uh, that, obviously would never happen. But what would it achieve? Who's going to Kilkenny have to deal with what they have to deal with? They're still in the top four or five counties in the country. It's very tight at the top at the moment, very competitive, and Kilkenny are right in there and will be in there. So. Uh, must say, I'm a bit surprised to see that. Yeah, delighted to be joined on the line by John Milan, Waterford legend. J- John, like, what, what did you, what did you make of this kind of commentary? Because I thought Kilkenny looked pretty good. They blooded some young players the weekend. They came out just three points uh, uh, behind in the end. Like, is is it's very premature, surely, after one game of this new rebuilding phase to say Brian Cody needs to step aside. Yeah, no, listen, I I, I totally echo what uh, 
what Martin State are there, I think it's 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 over the top. Uh, on 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 Brian Cody, this current moment of time, I elaborated on 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 Saturday's paper that I, that I felt that it could well be a sticky league uh, for Kilkenny, considering the personnel that they were going to be down. Uh, but for me, I was at the game Saturday night, and I was from a Kilkenny supporter's point of view, you would be very encouraged by what what you're seeing the weekend. Um, and for me, I, I, I still I, I'd echo what Martin said. I, I think they only have to find possibly three or four players uh, to go and challenge the big guns again uh, come the summertime. And I think, you know, you look at the likes of Richie Reid, uh, James Mara w- was back the weekend, played extremely well. And uh, I, I I think it's it's a bit premature. I think Brian Cody is the man. I mean, look, at the end of the day, his track record speaks for itself. And as I stated last week, I have the, the utmost... Admiration for the man. The easiest thing for the man would be to would be to walk away uh, with his record intact. But he's not. He's 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 up for the challenge. And there's no better man to to to, to take on a challenge than Brian Cody. Yeah, Connor. What did you make of the performance of some of the younger players? Uh, you know, we mentioned Richie Reid there. He got an eight out of ten in the paper. Uh, was there was there enough promise shown there to lead you to believe that they could be a bit of a resurgence this year for them? Yeah, I just think just on the point of the Brian Cody thing, like you know. If if there was some budding kind of Pep Guardiola that was managing the you know the last five minor teams and they'd won four All Irelands and they'd had a strong relationship with a bunch of players that were inevitably going to come through, yeah. then maybe it could make an outside argument for saying that you should have to have some sort of succession plan in place. But like Brian Cody is definitely the man, particularly at a time when they don't have the best squad in the country like you couldn't make any argument at this moment in time to say that Kilkenny have the best squad of players in the country but you could absolutely make the argument that Brian Cody is the man to take that squad and make them as competitive as they could absolutely be and like you know you, you talk about the young players that have come onto the squad this year but even for fellas like Paddy Deegan and, and Joe Ling like this is only their second year on the squad last year was a big year for those players and as John said James Marr as well like two years ago James Marr looked like he was going to come in a big way for Kilkenny and I think he had a bad injury maybe he missed a year so these are very 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 talented hurlers as well. Uh, Alan Murphy was a fella who was very prolific um, in January. So, yeah, I think they only need to find three or four more players because, you know, we haven't seen Richie Hogan yet. TJ came on at the weekend. You have Paul Murphy and Conlon Fenley coming back uh, from their uh, their tour of service with the Irish uh, Defence Forces before the start of summer. So the team will be much, much stronger. Um, and I think if this group of players, depleted though they currently are, can be very competitive in all five Division 1A games this year um, I think that would be sufficient for Kilkenny to go on and have a very competitive summer whether they can you know, win in All-Ireland which is obviously the standards we judge them by you couldn't make any definitive calls at the moment yet but you know as Martin said losing by one score to the Munster champions away from home in January isn't any indication that you know the, the thing is about to blow up in their faces yeah and Martin from a court perspective I guess it was positive to see the young players that came in last year played very well again and also a couple more new faces like Tim O'Mahony Jack O'Connor in the forward line had a really good game too so even though Kieran Kingston's gone John Myers come in a few more prospects seem to be coming into the team too. Yeah, well, John Wilde was with the under-21s as well, and it, it should be a seamless transition. I was listening to uh, Kieran Kingston interview on Saturday, and he was making that point. I mean, John has been there there last year. He's been with the under-21s, so he knows the scene inside out. Hugely experienced manager, of course, having been with Kerry and Wexford and and uh, so on, and under college teams and everything. So, yeah, I think I think that they'll be they'll be happy with that. But again, the, the margins are so tight. Like I mean, they could easily have been Kilkenny could have won that, and then people would be saying, well. Uh, for, 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 in this league with five games two wins 
will probably get you a quarter final place, but it may also leave you in a relegation battle. And you can rest assured there'll be one, if not two, teams in that position. So that's it's that tight. But Cork will be will be pleased, to, you know, to, to to win at home. They head to Wexford next Sunday. So having won at home and beating Kilkenny, which they, have, which they haven't done for was it six years in the league, so they'll be delighted with that. It's, it's a good start and exactly what Milo wanted. Yeah, John, you said you were at the game. What did you make of Cork? Do you think they're primed to to even kick on from where they were last year after such a great year? Yeah, I do. I, I really like to look at Cork uh, Saturday night and I, I like the way they're going about their, their business. They're, they're giving youth an opportunity and, uh, you know, they, they gave youth uh, opportunity again Saturday night. Sean O'Donoghue was great, centre-back. Timo Manny, I was impressed with him, um, centre-back. Sean O'Donoghue was corner-back and this young lad, Robbie O'Flynn, I think coming the summertime, I think he, he could have a big uh, big summer. And they're building on last year and I think... I think Cork are on the upward curve. I think Cork are going to be a dangerous force to, to be reckoned with come the summertime. Yeah, Martin, I guess the game you were at was Waterford, Wexford and Walsh Park. Uh, pretty, a pretty crude highlights package on League Sunday last night, so we didn't get to see a whole lot of the game. Uh, Wexford obviously opened up that big lead early on, and it appears a lot of the commentary afterwards has been that Wexford had a lot more work done this time of the year. Is that big thing yeah, to take I, I from think it? Is. I mean, Waterford were having their first game of the season. They didn't enter the the, the, the Munster League. Uh, Wexford had a series of good games in Walsh Championship. But it's a fantastic atmosphere down there. You know, it was 13 degrees getting out of the car. A lovely day. The big crowd, match delayed because of the the, the, the crowd coming in. A huge Wexford crowd there. They're on the move again. Really great. But you could see it. I mean, Wexford, they were just that bit sharper. And uh, early in the second half, uh, Waterford came back at them. And then they, Wexford, David Dunn got a fantastic goal. And that was more or less it, I think, for Waterford. They didn't make any changes, for instance, which I think I haven't seen in a in an inter-county game for God knows how many <laughs> years. But Derek McGrath explained it afterwards. He said he said he'd actually picked the team for the Tipperary game next Saturday night that they picked that last Friday. So he said he felt it was better to leave the lads on to get the get the fitness into their legs in in what was a lost cause essentially in the last quarter of an hour. Uh, you know, probably a bit tough on those fellas, but they, that's what he decided to do. But uh, no, I wouldn't read an awful lot into it. I think certainly Wexford were sharper, and they obviously having come up to Division One A, the fear of going back down would be huge for them. So they were they wanted to get off to a great start. They did it. Waterford, it was their first game. The, the, the cobbles were still very very visible. Yeah, John, you said last week that you were, you were hoping that Waterford could you know win some big silverware this year. Already the league looks looks maybe a tough ask given how they've started. Yeah, well, I thought yesterday, I thought with the, with the personnel that they picked, that they'd kick on and possibly win this game. But look, I wasn't, I wasn't already worried uh, leaving the ground yesterday in, in regards to the result. But the two worries that I do have, um, number one, the venue, Welsh Park, there's an awful lot of question marks with, with, amongst the water for public. You know, will there be two fixtures go ahead uh, in the summertime down in Welsh Park remains to be seen, but... Interesting comments out of Jackie Terrell on League Sunday last night. He he stated that Welsh Park doesn't suit this Waterford team and I would go along with that. I don't think Welsh Park suits this Waterford team. I think uh, I think he's he's hundred percent right. And you know, you're looking look looking ahead to the five months away to the to the championship draw and you're looking at three venues that Waterford are not comfortable in playing it playing in Ennis, uh, Limerick and they've two home games in, in, in Welsh Park so it kind of tells you that it could be a, a sticky, sticky draw for for Waterford come the summertime. And the second one then is is what I would like to see Waterford do is kind of you know I think you know there is to kind of go with something else in the league. I think uh, it's becoming a bit too predictable now the, the the sweeper system. I think an awful lot of the opposition teams are starting to home in on Waterford, what Waterford are doing, and I think in the next couple of leagues, I think maybe. 
uh, Derek McGrath should possibly go and, and tweak it a bit and uh, you know change it up a bit and, and uh, have the bit of the uncertainty there amongst uh, the opposition managers the way the way they'll be trying to counteract Warford. John, yeah. John, is he picking that team though uh, and playing that system because he doesn't trust um, uh, to go six six against uh, six backs against six forwards and perhaps that is the, the issue for him that maybe he just doesn't feel he has they has the the, the 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 players to do that is that the reason they're doing it. Well, I don't know. I suppose look, he, I suppose he kickstarted it in in, in 2015, and, and it went so well for him. And I suppose, you know, I suppose last year, I suppose they went back, reverted back to a more traditional uh, system against Cork, and 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 it failed. Uh, and I suppose they're, they're they're so used to playing that way. But I just feel that you know, I thought last year, I thought it was possibly the year that they were going to do it, push on and, and win with the sweeper system, but. I just feel now they're, they're four years at it now and I just think, you know, the opposition, I, I felt even yesterday uh, when they brought Austin Gleeson back as kind of a free role, kind of centre-back midfield, in, in that f- uh, free role in the centre-back uh, midfield area, I think Dave Fisher was wise enough to, to push Kevin Foley out on him and do, do a man-marking job on him. And I just think the opposition now are really starting to home in on, on this, this Watford system and I think it's possibly time for for uh, Derek McGrath maybe to, to tinker with it or, or to change it up a smaller. Yeah, it's interesting, Connor. It's kind of similar to what we were talking about Tyrone earlier and how they might need to modify their style after last season if they want to kindly take down some of the big teams. You could probably say the same about Waterford, but what, what are you expecting? I, I can't see personally him changing it much. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know why people say it. Um, and I, I can see the sense in going either way. But like we forget that Waterford were a point up in the All-Ireland final after 45, 46 minutes last year. I think was it... Um, was it Kevin Moran had a wide um, that would have put them two up? It would have been very, very interesting to see what had happened from there. And I think that was maybe in a game where Galway were the better team. So it was, you know, you have, you know, you'd have to say that it was actually, you know, people are very quick to blame Waterford system when it doesn't go right, but they're very slow to praise it when it does go right for them. So um, I just think Derek knows that team, that that squad of players so well that he will pick the best style of play. And look. I think it's over scrutinised too, and because Tyg de Borca tends to be the man who plays that role, the free role, and he reads the game very well and he distributes the ball very well. People talk about Waterford sweeper, but if you look last year, all through the season, like Galway pushed Joe Canning back into midfield, the player came back into like it because it's not always designated or it's not always in place. Like it, like it, a lot of teams play that way. Even Kilkenny at their peak at various different times pushed their half back line or their half their midfield so far back into their own half back line and their half forward line back into midfield that it had the same effect. So, you know, I just think that Derek McGrath, if if that is if that is the way he thinks uh, Waterford will get uh, success th- this year, that is absolutely the way he'll do it. It's interesting, Martin, to see the different kind of priorities of the two teams yesterday. Like Derek McGrath, obviously it was their first game properly back, whereas Wexford under Davy Fitzgerald have targeted kind of the pre-season tournaments and done really well in them. And they did well in the league last year as well. And it seemed to give them huge confidence going to the championship. But I guess Waterford and Derek McGrath don't feel they need to do it. But for Wexford, it's benefited them, certainly. Absolutely. But I'm not sure about, about Waterford either. I mean, surely winning, winning co- competitions is good for any team I mean Kilkenny talking about them earlier on Cody would kill you for the league when, 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 even at their peak when they were winning the four in a row that was the thing there were two seasons it was the league season and the championship season and that's the way he went about it so surely you're better off to come off of the winning matches and say Galway last year they, they look at uh, it's how it stood to them look at Galway Dublin footballers Wexford definitely uh, Davy is right to, to, to push on stay on stay in Division 1A he has two points in the, in the bag already 
but he was always going to do it. I, can't, I couldn't see David doing anything else other than having them f- flat to the board as early as, he, as early as he could. And they played very well. But in Waterford's case, they just weren't... They, they just... They, 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 it, and yet, they had a, when they were back to three points early in the second half, they conceded a goal. If they hadn't conceded that goal, we could have been talking about a different game today. Again, the margins are very, very, very fine. But it's already putting, it's putting Waterford now. They, they play Tipperary next Saturday night. And of course, Tip lost as well. So suddenly, if you're two games down after, after effectively six days into the league... You're 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 um, you're under real pressure. Yeah, John Tipperary uh, went down to Clare yesterday. I, uh, one of the more interesting things in the game for me was obviously Cahill Barrett's return. They played him at midfield, even though I think most people would have expected him to slap back into to the full back line. What what did you make of that move? Because he seemed to do actually quite well in midfield. Yeah, well, I suppose look, I suppose Michael Ryan is is, is looking at that area midfield where you know an awful lot of the games are are won and lost out around that middle third of the field. I suppose you look at Galway and. The opponents that they're probably going to have to take down throughout the course of the summer, come summertime, probably Waterford and Galway, and he's probably looking and saying, "Well, look, they're they're very strong in that area, and that he he might have to detail uh, Carl Barrett to go and do a man marking job in, in around that middle third area." I think he's probably he has probably one eye in the summer, and I think that's why he was probably you know experimenting with with Carl Barrett out of where he might have to go and mark a, a Jamie Barron or he might have to go out and mark a, a, a Dave Burke uh, throughout the course of the summer. So I think. You know, I think this league, uh, I don't think, uh, a bit like Kilkenny, I don't think Michael Ryan is going to get too hung up in the league. Uh, I think, you know, it might be a, a case of experimentation for them and they, they might lose a few games, but I don't think they're going to get too hung up on it. I think they're going to experiment a lot uh, and I think you're going, to think you're going to see an awful lot more of that throughout the course of this league with Michael Ryan and this Tipperary team. We'll discuss Pat Gilroy's first league game with the Dublin Herders in just a moment, but first, we sent Sinead Farley to Croke Park on Saturday night to see how Dublin fans are feeling about his appointment on the eve of the new season. Of course, you need to understand the game. But Anthony Cunningham is, is there. I mean, ex, ex-Galway manager to Ireland finals for three years. I mean, that's the man I wanted to, 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 to take it when Jair got the job. So, I mean, Anthony has it now, left Galway. I, I, I'm not worried about the tactics. And uh, the one thing Gilroy did for the footballers was set up. I mean, they got their training base. They got the infrastructure from the place. And hopefully Gilroy can do the same for the hurlers. So. Obviously, done brilliant with the footballers. And I think uh, with Anthony Cunningham in, in with him as well, I think it would be, be a good combination because Gilroy's a good man-manager. So you need a bit of time, but give me two or three years, I think it will come good. The total attendance in Croke Park on Saturday was 26,700. However, the stands certainly weren't as vulgar in the hurling as they were in the football, with Manny arriving for the second half of the hurling or just the evening game. On the hill, it was all dubs with both sets of away fans clearly favouring the stands. And Offaly fans were clearly delighted with their win over the dubs in their opening game. Yeah, I've always gone to the hurling because my brother used to play for the hurlers, so even in the bad days, I always have to go, so I always would go. But obviously, it's just the way it is in Dublin that um, be a bigger crowd in for the football, but um, it's like that in other counties as well. Like The Cork hurlers get more bigger crowd than the Cork footballers. And Dublin footballers get bigger crowd than Dublin hurlers, and that's just—it's the way it always was, and the way it always will be. Probably more of a, I'm a big ball man, more so than a small ball man. I was never involved at a hurling club, like so. It's just football. Awfully all over the place. No matter where they are, just—it's all about like being there and supporting your team. It makes it extra special the fact that I'm living in Ballymun about 13 years, and I can rub it in their faces for once. Great stuff from Sinead there. Connor. obviously, it was a very bitterly disappointing debut for Pat Gilroy in the league. You know, to lose by Offaly, to Offaly by over 10 points, no one was really expecting it because there was a bit of optimism going into the game that he'd done a lot of good work in the build-up to the league campaign. Why do you think everything went so wrong? You know, I don't know I don't know what you would put up down to. Like, you had eight fellas making their debuts. Um, some of those players would be sort of late 20s, 
you know, pushing 30 fellas who were basically overlooked by previous management for various different reasons. Um, Dublin, they tried to protect their full back line by dropping their half forwards deep. Um, and then Offaly, now in fairness, you have to absolutely qualify everything with the fact that Offaly played very well on the night. But uh, a little bit like Wexford in the Walsh Cup semi-final, you know, if you want to protect your full back line and, and, and negate goal threats, uh, the opposition, if they can score from 70, 80 yards out the pitch, they will do. Um, and I think Offaly had 16 points on the board by half time. They looked like they were going to put up a really, really big score. And uh, primarily it was through long range shooting from um, from Joe Bergen uh, and from Shane Kinsley, their midfielder, who was very, very impressive on the night, and Dan Currums as well. Now, physically, they were much more imposing than Dublin. Dublin picked an awful lot of small players on the day. Um, and they just did daft things with the ball, you know. A wing back would win the ball. Like Chris Crummy was one of the very few Dublin players to play well on the night. He'd win a ball, and all of a sudden, you know, they go up the line where a player could be very easily put out of play with, with, with one one touch rather than actually driving the ball into the forward line and they gave her forward line just too much to do so um, yeah no it would have been very very disappointing for Pat Gilroy because like he has so many players to come back into the team obviously you could say well you know all is not lost but if you have players that are trying to win their places back into a winning team well that actually pushes the whole thing on an awful lot more and at the moment you couldn't make any case for too many of the young or too many of the new players that he started on Saturday night and look the other point of this is too I don't think there's any fear of them going to um, going to Limerick and getting the win as they are currently. I don't think there's any fear of them whatsoever uh, beating Galway and Parnell Park as they are currently. So, you know, you don't want to be dragged into a Division 2A relegation fight. That's that's like whatever about 1B, Division 2A is, you know, a completely different kettle of fish when it comes to being competitive in hurling. But Conor, on top of that, here's, here's, here's a probably a bigger issue on it. That come next summer, one of one of five teams will be gone out of the McCarthy Cup in Leinster. So we talked about Galway and Kilkenny earlier on, as you know, on the level they're at. We talk about Wexford. We talk about Offaly in Dublin. One of those five will not be in the Leinster Championship next year. Personally, I think it's a disaster. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But there you go. That's going to happen. So you talk about at least in the league relegation, it's, it's not not ideal for either of the team. But at the same time, it's not as important. But if you if you're if you're out of the championship, we'll just say it was Dublin and Offaly, who at at the moment we'd probably say possibly most likely to be in that in the, uh, at that uh, end of the, uh, the, t- the table if they were in the, out of the championship or if they're not in the Leinster championship next year can you imagine getting trying to get a team together for the start of the league next year this is an absolutely disastrous decision in my opinion for hurling uh, and I, I and it's it's pretty evident now what's going to happen here that one of those that a, a team in Leinster and it's only when you look at it really that it's all very fine in theory and looking at it and written down on paper this is going to happen one of those five teams gone over that why I don't know I mean why not let teams participate for the, the McCarthy Cup the idea of Dublin or Offaly or Galway or Wexford or Kenny not competing for the Lee McCarthy Cup can well, especially if all of no them sense. look strong like you know if Offaly are going well as they yes, have it's, it's, it's interesting because People were saying when the championship structure was redrawn, you know, you had this situation where three Dublin or three Leinster teams um, were going to be in an All Ireland quarter final. Now the third team obviously has to beat a team that comes out of the the, the B Championship mm-hmm. to get there. But you could say, well, that's a great result for Leinster hurling, the fact that they could have three teams in an All Ireland quarter final, uh, because traditionally you, you you tend to have four Munster to Leinster. But you could make the point too that it's never been harder now to be the third best team in Leinster because Galway are so good. Kilkenny will still be knocking around. Wexford are on the crest of a wave and. Judging by Saturday night, Offaly are definitely making some class of a comeback. And when a decision like that is taken at Congress, it, it's sort of a, it's very abstract. It's just one out of five going. 
Look, well, at, well, look well, at the teams in front of you who are going to go and there's no playoff here where there is a playoff in Munster for instance whoever finishes the bottom uh, if uh, if Kerry were to win uh, there would be a playoff against the bottom team in Munster but that's unlikely that uh, there'll be any fallout in Munster anybody will drop out of it in Leinster one of the five goals I think it's a disaster John you want to come well, in there? Well, well the counter like that are, 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 are you know to try and come to some sort of solution this 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 new system is in for, for three years uh, and you know, as Martin said, it'll kick in. We won't realise it till next year, well, until it kicks into play. But there is still an argument that we could bring it to a maybe a twelve-county Lima County where Kerry would win the Munster and possibly Mead or Kildare. But they're committed to it now. That's the point. I mean, if you're going to change it after one season, I agree with you. But well, it, 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 I can't see it happening. And this is the, it should have been. You're right. It should have been twelve from the start, if not, if not more. I mean, for instance, Antrim had a great performance against Galway yesterday. Now, Hurling needs Antrim. You need to give them a chance. Give them an incentive. I, I, and, and you're right, John. That this, the, the, maybe they should look at it. But it, it won't be for three years now. I fear. But but like but like what would it do? Uh, and and Marin is is 100 right. What would it do for Offaly Hurling if like if they were to take probably three steps forward in in, in the league? And then come the summer that they find themselves in a situation where they're being relegated out of out, out of the Lee McCarty. Well, in theory, I mean, you could the win the league and still be relegated. <laughs> the ultimate nonsense that you could actually you could actually be league champions or league semi finalists, for instance, and you know in a certain circumstance, and still be eliminated out of your own provincial championship. I, logic, I can't find it anywhere in that. Well, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. And John, just just before we let you go, I just want to be interested to get your opinion on the Pat Gilroy kind of move to Dublin in general. Like as a hurling man yourself, like what do you make of a of a football manager coming in with limited hurling experience and being given such a big job in hurling. Yeah, well, look, I suppose, I suppose he, he's Saturday night. He's gonna. There's going to be realization of of the task that that lies ahead for him. It's 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 not going to be a quick fix for him. Where he'll come in and he'll, he'll wave a magic wand. I mean, there's most certainly there's been issues there in Dublin, Ireland in the last two years, uh, particularly with an awful lot of players not putting themselves forward and playing for Gerald Cunningham. Um, and for me, I think he's he's a he's a, he's a formidable task ahead of him. But look. He's been there before. He's been, he's a successful businessman outside of sport, uh, and just because like you know he's he's not heavily involved in, with with Harlan, uh, I wouldn't rule him out. I think you know if he if he can if he can get everyone on board, but I think a bit like Kilkenny, it might be a sticky league, and it might take twelve months, eighteen months before you might see uh, the true results uh, going forward for Dublin Hurling. That's all we have time from the Throw on Hurling show this week. We'll be back next Monday to review all the Round 2 action and in the meantime you can also listen to our Round 1 football show by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or independent.ie So until next week, thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Allianz Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.